Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 305. We got a lot today. We do? Yeah, we do. <laughs> Since we already know what we've talked about, because we don't just make this knowing what we're going to talk about, we should kind of have a clue of what we talked about. Which I unleashed a bunch of different quick reviews on some books, as well as a little bit more in depth of the ending of uh, Invincible Gwenpool. Sure. I reviewed The Wilds, number one, from Black Mask Studio. And I read a fantastic book called The Terrifics. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was, re- it was really good. Yeah. It for was, many, many reasons. It was fantastic. For, for, for specific reasons. <laughs> um, we, we jumped in on... We had Some... we talked about Sandman making a oh, I'm so a comeback looking forward to that. Um, some pos- possible Infinity War uh, info from some art and and the release date that was changed. Just stuff and things about that franchise. Yes, we talked about <laughs> stuff and things. So <laughs> so grab a beer. <laughs> and listen to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 305. James Gunn, you're wrong. People only knew the shit we get up to. Well, they can hear most of it because we don't turn it off. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Very much so. It's just sometimes the funniest things happen before we hit record. I do do want to say I do love when we talk about our personal lives a bit. Um, but there's a lot of comic books I want to talk about. Yes. So I want to quick briefly say... The fun, giant fundraiser that I was a part of that I didn't even really mention because it's outside the comic book world, but an amazing organization, uh, Friends and Family of Cystic Fibrosis. We had our annual uh, auction where people go up and make date packages, and from what I was told, uh, we beat last year's number, Woo! which was 110000 I believe we got 114000 this year. That's awesome. Which I didn't think we were going to do. Wow, hell of a fun night. Yeah. Uh, it's all because you did the dance of the nine veils or some shit like that <laughs> on stage. <laughs> no, it's because I shaved uh. my sexy three-foot beard. <laughs> Which I didn't even know was three feet. You must have been smushing it against your it face. It wasn't really th- It was about a foot, though. Yeah. I mean, it was... I don't know. No. I'm a guy, I guess. <laughs> I can't measure. Well. It was really three inches. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, so I just want to say to uh, everyone that came out and supported that, though, um, near and far away, thank you. Um, next year, maybe I'll advertise a little bit more and try to get some more comic book nerdage in there. Oh, my God. You could totally throw together an awesome comic book package. I have already thought of that. Yeah. And I'm thinking of how people could possibly, I mean, a big part would be drawn into a comic book thing. Right. Knowing certain people, I don't know the legalities of how the big publishers would allow. I know the indie ones, they could just do it right away. Right. But I'm it's looking convincing at... convincing them to do it is the big part. 
for a worthy goal as such as this, I think it would be. And I'm looking at mainly Stegman because everyone loves Spider-Man. Right. If I could get him to be like, just can you draw like, I'll put this in the package. It'll raise a lot of money, and then you get their likeness and draw right. it. Just a background but, character. That would be yeah. yeah. People would just be happy as shit to tell all guys I'm in a Spider-Man right. comic. Right. So that would be awesome. And I have been thinking about that, and that's something I might do. Yeah. I'm gonna start early. There you go. Because then, if I don't have a good package, I'm gonna. <laughs> I want. It's I want so pe- many things to say right now that I'm just not going to. <laughs> All right. Um, I want a quick rundown. A couple. I have so many things I want to talk about. You read a lot about. of books. Yes, and I've been doing that a lot lately. You have. I'm I've been proud kind of, of been a little. Well, I've been a little upset that all these good books keep yeah. coming out. I mean, when when Marvel re retcons everything, then I'll have a lot less books to read. Right. So I'll be like, this is fucking stupid. But um, Transformers books. Amazing. I cannot talk enough about those, so go out and read those. Uh, I almost was going to review the Thanos book that just came out because there was a major awesome... They're in the future right now, and there's future Thanos with... Old Man Thanos. Yes. Yes. Uh, And then we have, you know, the Ghost Rider who has part of the Time Stone and and all this random shit that's going on. Who's the Ghost Rider now? Frank Castle. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, and actually this this one explained... Okay, we'll briefly go. It explained how Frank Castle became okay. the Ghost Rider. From when Thanos came to Earth, he pretty much beat up everyone, and Frank was one of those people that he wasn't cosmically powered, but he's watching it all you know, go up in the air, and he's still trying to kill off all the minions and everything, but... Right. He dies, and he makes it under his last breath, like, you know, I'd give anything to get revenge. Mm, and there's Mephisto. Spirit of so vengeance. That, then, yeah. like, okay, turn you into Ghost Rider. So then he became Ghost Rider. And then there was, um, God, I don't have the comic for me. If He then went from that to being, oh, yeah, then his third iteration, because he was talking about how he's made the deal with the devil three times. Uh, Galactus was coming to Earth, and Galactus was hurt because of a fight with Thanos, so he made a, a deal with Galactus to then give him some cosmic power and he will help him revenge on Thanos. So then he became the Herald. Right. The Ghost, Ghost Rider Herald of Galactus. And then much. the third time was when Thanos was pretty much going to kill them all and then he made a deal with Thanos to work for him, which right. I think he's still going to secretly betray him because that was his whole goal. Uh... But there was some worthy shit that, that happened in this book that I don't want to give away because I'll probably next comic. Because you know that last page you always want to talk about? But you're like, yes. it didn't reveal enough right. of the story, but it was so amazing. That's what happened in that book. Um, also, Saga came out again. Yes. Out, out I, of hibernation. I picked it up. I just didn't get around to reading it this week. Well, I uh, I do want to say that for the most part, I, I may have mentioned it before, but I don't think I had because I didn't want to get, like, tomatoes thrown at me. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining, like, me having some criticism of this book would have people, like, be like, boo. Right. However, when this story first came out, I didn't quite get it. I thought the writing was phenomenal. But I thought too many characters were being introduced and too many different aliens. And I'm like, obviously, we're foc- focusing on the, on the main characters. But 
there's this creature and this creature and yeah. this creature and I felt like it was too much. But after reading it now, they've kind of fleshed out some more of these uh, life forms and not just the characters, but their I don't know, race, I guess right. you'd call. Because when you have a giant, you know, spider uh, assassin, person, yeah. like, is that just <laughs> one person and you just drew her because she looks fucking sweet? Right. Or is there a whole race of them and do they act like this or stuff? Or with the amphibians and how they, you know, look and how they interact. It's getting a lot better to where it's like now we can focus on the main people instead of me just being like, who's this random looking creature that just looks cool, but it came out of nowhere. Right. That's what I criticized at first. So fucking amazing. I'm not even going to talk about all the love and and everything that comes in this book except for you know how there's always the quotes and everything yeah so towards the end like explaining i just this this hit home for many different reasons but anyone can kill you but it takes someone you know to really hurt you Um. it takes someone you love to break your heart and i'm like damn how does Brian K. Vaughn come up with all this shit? <laughs> well, he's a genius. Yes. and Is what it is. And the story is still great. And I was just... I never truly am painted... Obviously, we look at a lot of comic book news and stuff. Right. But I never truly look at when the next saga is coming out, when they're coming back right. from their hiatus. It's usually six months. Sometimes it's four months. It's whenever. And it's weird that we live in a world now where kind of publishers like you do what you want to do. I you know. don't need to be on a regular schedule cause you make good work. Right. And I'm happy when it comes back. So now I know that I have a couple, couple months now right. to get in. And then the one thing that sucks though is I'm so caught up the last year. I kind of didn't pick up a lot. Then I went and got a trade and then I'm like, Oh, I'm caught up. Yeah. It's good to read over again, though, because I feel like Saga is one of the types of books where um, you, especially after the hiatus, you read the new one and you're like, okay, and you remember what happened in the last issues, but it's nice to start from the beginning and read it all the way straight up into that point. Mm -hmm. I think it just adds so much more to the story. Now, the one that I want to talk about a little bit more in depth with is... uh... The Unbelievable Gwenpool, number 25. This is her last one? Yes. Okay. Uh, written by Christopher Hastings. Uh, artists are Guri Hiru. Um, I know it's researching that name and finding out who this artist is. It's a group of artists. Um, they're Japanese. Oh. So. Interesting. Uh, I believe they're Japanese. It's like otherwise. a collective? Yes. Um, and they, they need to have translators... Uh, that work for them when they work on comic books, oh. which I guess I kind of can see a little bit of the ant. Like, I, I don't want to say it's they're the artists that have been on this book for forever, and I think they're amazing. Yeah. So, however that group works, right? Uh, it's totally cool. Now, it's definitely an anime style, though. Yes, but it feels like it fits in with the almost with the Marvel universe, yeah. but in a more cartoonish which way. works. But not too cartoony. Right. Um, I love that with her breaking the fourth wall, she's able to. Oh, I like how she's in the the gutter. That, yep, that is. (laughs) Which is what you call the empty space in a comic book. That's funny. And (laughs) that is the future uh, Gwen. Ah. uh, Kind of. And it. 
it comes full circle within this book. It's so this book is so meta, just like the whole series has been about her knowing that they're comic book characters, like from issue number one when she knew she needed to go get a superhero suit. Mm. She knew she was zapped into this world from our world, from the real world. Uh, and she knew that if you're a superhero, though, you're pretty much immortal. So she needed to just have a superhero suit. Right, and, and that made her a superhero. Yeah, and that's kind of how she got the random, like, kind of Deadpool. She liked Deadpool, but when also finding out that she just didn't become a knockoff, like, Gwen, Spider-Gwen. Right. Her last name is Poole, P-O-O-L-E. Mm. But looking like Deadpool then made her... Gwenpool. Gwenpool. Yeah. Um... But it it the the suit pretty much saved her life. But then she real she just she was in it realizing these they're all fictional people. Right. Why does it matter? Especially after she had some heartache with some some friends that she had met that kind of died and other things that happened. And so th- what this kind of goes into is how how much she has changed after being within the the Marvel universe. That she's realized though these people are they're real enough. Right. Even though she knows she's in a comic book, they are, to her, real, and to each other, real. So it's just a different universe and a different way of thinking. And this goes through a lot of her exploits in the last... Her She knows that her book was coming to end because she just knows, knows that. Right. And she thinks that's totally how her life's going to then go. She's going to be snuffed out of existence. But you have kind of her bit of future self, which... They make the joke of, are you only the future self because your hair's a little bit longer? Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, no, no big, like, scars or cable right. type things. But how you live on from uh, when the solicitations happen or, you know, in, like, 20 years when some kid goes and finds you in the bargain, you know, bargain bin and then starts rereading you. You are alive then. Right. And it was really... I can't explain how it just made sense. Because we're comic book readers and that's how we think about it. Yeah. It really, that's, she's literally, she's talking like a fan, which she is in the books, right? Mm -hmm. That's how she starts out in our world as a comic book fan. And she thinks about it the way all us nerds think about comic books. (laughs) I love, they, they tied up a lot of loose ends within this too, because they were able to, to go around to many different uh, things because they are looking, um, sitting in the gutter, they're looking at the pages of what's going to happen, and it was very interesting. It was something that um, Doctor Strange didn't quite understand what he had, but then he found out, and it's this watch. And when it's first given, it says 15. Mm. I, right away, kind of was guessing what it was. Gwen kind of starts to realize it uh, a couple pages later when 14, mm. and then 13, Are and then the 12. page numbers? Yep. Ah. So she only has so many pages left to finish up what she needed to do. Um, she wanted to kind of have some team-ups, so she Is went around. Howard the Duck? Because she started off as just a random comic book cover, and then started got introduced in Howard the Duck, right. and then got her own series. So she's going through. She always wanted to uh, talk to... Spider-Gwen. Yeah. yeah. So they had, had that God, happen. That costume is still fucking awesome. I know. <laughs> and th- this is where, too, like, they're talking, you know, about, you know, there's... She sees Aww. a person 
trick or treating and as her. Yeah, yeah like she's cute. realizing how much she's influenced the world, and <laughs> Modok being one of the first uh, baddies that she fought. Oh, everything, yeah, kind of goes off to be like whatever you you know we're gonna have a happy ending and and leave. But just I'm getting anxiety seeing this countdown like right like how's it go- how's it finally going to end like what's going to happen and within you know comic books time isn't really of essence one page where um tying up a loose end uh, with one of the the cops and and she's like you know i did this 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 but i really gotta go i can't waste any more panel time on this <laughs> <laughs> and they're like what and she's like, bye. <laughs> but you see her, you know, going that, through and... Is that... Who is that? Is that Fing Fang Foom? Yeah. <laughs> Just her, Ryan. You don't need to know what like the Like, never setup... story style? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I did think of that. <laughs> you don't necessarily need to know what was all coming up, but she was saving some little girl that was kind of getting picked on and... You know, she's just showing she's a hero. It's right. one of those montages at the end of the comic book where you don't need to have the everything set up of how she got Fing Fing Foom, how Modok showed up and is like, "All right, I'm done with you guys" and everything. Her her going and talking to uh, um, Squirrel Girl because unbeatable, yeah, with the unbelievable. So when they go to uh, Mephisto, there's no way that they can't you know right. win. And it got to the point where you see that she's aged a little bit. So all these adventures in the last couple of pages are happening through time. Well, kind of are happening just a little bit more because there's a girl that she had saved. And at this point, she's explaining how she doesn't look. She looks young still. Right. But you see, she has the longer hair. So she's aged a little bit where this little girl who was a background character that she had just saved with Fing Fang Foom from getting beat up is now old and in oh wow hospital That's interesting again very yeah I, I don't know another better word than meta oh for right. it that's what it is of how you know how how are you she's asking how are you so young and she just goes I put on a costume she's a hero and heroes don't age like the rest of the world <laughs> in comic books especially and it's like. And the girl is like, so you're not a background character like me, and no. And then she's like, but I got, you know, got to get going. Um, I got work to do. And she's climbing out of the comic book page, and she's going back to where the younger self uh, needed to be talked so to. So then it becomes a loop. Yep. <laughs> Interesting. It was. It's. It, it, it's. I don't know how you could wrap up a comic book as well put together is this right with a person that has like near infinite power right i mean she can it's, jump into the gutter if she wants it sounds like the perfect book to me where if somebody was like i just don't get the appeal of comic books you just say here read this you'll understand after you read this cuz to me it sounds like it perfectly explains comic books to as they are to fans of them mhm which I think is really cool. And it's an awesome way to wrap up a comic book. Yeah, I don't know uh, how... I'm sad that it's done, like most comic books that you like. Right. But I don't know of one, a series... I mean, yeah, there's been other series that have wrapped it pretty yeah. good. 
But how you would do that like this, it was just, it was really talking to the readers and mm -hmm. anyone that loved Gwenpool. And I hope to see her in the future. She'll pop up, I'm yep. sure. They always do. So that's that. That's that. Well, I guess I'll talk about my comic book now. Since you ran through a dozen and a half, and I have one. I, I have one more still, too. <laughs> so, I read, this week I read The Wilds from Black Mask Studio. It's been a while, so I figured I would, you know, go back to a Black Mask comic. They're always just so good. I don't know what it is, and it could just be me, but I always, I like almost everything that comes out of Black Mask Studio. But anyway, it's written by Vita Ayala, uh, with illustrations by Emily Pearson. So, The Wilds is very much a Walking Dead type story. Like, there's actually, to me, basic plot-wise, not a lot of difference between The Walking Dead or any sort of zombie end-of-the-world type comic book and this. Yeah, well, okay, yeah. Just in the basic plot concept. So, there's a virus that happens, it starts mutating, and then people get this illness, and then they start mutating, and they become, like, these abominations, is well, what these they are, call this them. Is, it almost seems funny in the side of, it's a pretty virus, though. <laughs> I know, and that's the one thing, is, like, so you they give you two pages to, to kind of explain what's going on, and it's your very basic, like, this virus started, and people started getting sick, and then... It was like the flu, and then people started getting violent with each other, and then they mutated into, like, these abomination-type creatures. And that's how you get to where you are today. And then it introduces the main character, who is a runner. So her job is to literally go from the compound and either deliver stuff to other settlements, because now we're way in the, you know, we're in the Walking Dead portion of this, where humanity has already declined. Everyone's set up their own little societies everywhere and she's the person that runs in between them to like deliver stuff okay and on the way she'll stop and did they st say how long it's been they do not okay nope they just poof you're it's just been... there um from what it sounds like to me runners are are people who have been saved by people who live in these settlements and as payment for them being saved they become a become a runner under a contract and once they've done so many jobs and brought back so many things of value then they're freed from their contract and they become just normal citizens of these settlements okay which is i thought an interesting thing like Instead of doing the Rick Grimes test where you ask <laughs> how many people you've killed and how many zombies you've killed, it's just like, we saved you, now you owe us, so you have to work for us. Very much more of a Negan sort of style of things. Less violent. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, the so you, you, you start with, with your main character, and it's, it's a woman, and she... You actually don't learn her name, like, right, right away. So you're just following her, and you just have no idea what her name is for a very long time. Um, but you, you're you're seeing her finish a job and then get ready to go back to the compound where she lives, which is where they... It's like their main storage facility. So settlements don't keep a lot of stuff uh, in their settlements. They have the compound who stores the majority of the stuff, and the runners 
run stuff to them, basically. So it keeps one settlement from becoming more powerful than another one. Okay. Which is also a very interesting concept. I like concept. that they're fleshing it out a bit more than, to make it a bit different than yeah. most of them where everyone's cutthroat and right. community. Yeah. It's a little more organized. Yes. And I'm wondering if that's because, to me, this this illness that has stricken these people and become this plague seems less serious <laughs> than like being a zombie and but it all well, that's that's like looking at it through rose colored glasses <laughs> rose <laughs> being the keyword so you you run into she on her way back to the compound she runs into what in the walking dead would be walkers so they're just people abominations um and they're attacking this man in the road so i don't know if they're trying to eat him, like, I don't know if it is, like, a full-on well, zombie scenario. Are they zombie, like, they look like zombies? Well, no, because... Like, you showed me what some right. of the wounds look like. Yeah. They don't... To me, they just look like people covered in flowers, <laughs> which is insane to me. They kind of give them that vacant look like zombies always have, and they seem to move... Like and they don't speak, so they're very zombie esque. But the big but thing they're is... covered in flowers. So when I first literally like when you look at a zombie and you see like their flesh rotting and stuff like that, it's like open wounds and stuff like that. It's exactly like that. Instead of being wounds, they're flowers or plants. Because there, I saw one later in the book where it was like leaves growing off this guy, and I haven't determined yet. Whether it is purely just a visual trick that the artist is using in the book, or if this is literally what the illness is, is it's like turning back to nature. It's like almost like a reverse evolution. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So instead of turning into dirt, we're turning into plants. <laughs> but a couple panels in, you see one of the other zombie-esque creatures pulling one of the dead ones and setting her up against a tree and her flowers start covering the whole tree. So it has to be more than just a visual statement that they're making. Is this the happening? <laughs> they are all turning into zombies. Nature versus the people. Oh my god, I didn't the even make that connection. The tree's fighting back. Uh, if it is, it's better than that. <laughs> so... And there's blood in it, so it's not like this is a replacement for gore. Well, that's what I think, though, what... Because, obviously, they aren't explaining this outbreak yet. But I'm also kind of half-joking, but also saying it obviously has to do something with wild. Obviously, it's right. called the wild. Right. So, if it is some tree virus or someone that saw how trees can replicate, mm -hmm. and that might be how the infections... Like, it doesn't look like... It's The Walking Dead where you're automatically right. already infected to it's, grow flowers right. if you prick your finger or no, something. No, it's I definitely... I mean, that'd be cheap for a girlfriend. Like, <laughs> cut myself a little bit. Here's a bouquet of roses. <laughs> it's definitely a virus because when she goes to save the guy that's being attacked on the road, um, she starts shooting him and she's like, close your eyes and shut your mouth because you don't want contact with their blood. Because then you would be infected. And I don't know if it's one of those situations where, like, you die the minute you become infected. Or you don't die, you just turn. 
Because I don't even... If there doesn't seem to be an undead situation. It's not like they died and then came back to life. They're just infected. Which is a little bit different than a zombie situation. But I thought it was a really interesting take on it. And I um, can't wait to see where they run into people who have maybe been effect- infected longer. And they're like full on like tree people and like Swamp Thing type characters. Like how far the mutations are going to go in turning into plants. If it's going to go that far. You know, in Walking Dead you see zombies walking around... Uh, almost to the point of being skeletons, but then at that point, obviously, they would fall apart. But they get right to that edge, so there's always, like, the the evolution of the zombie from the newly dead to the been dead for a really long time. This is Zombies. the precursor to Middle Earth, and this is where tree ba- beard was formed. <laughs> <laughs> They're treants. <laughs> so, I mean, it was, it's just a even though it's a story that has been told before many times, it's just a new interesting take on it with the nature aspect and the way they've built this society and having it be so organized already, which either they pulled their shit together very quickly or it's been a long time since this whole thing started. I don't know. It was Poison Ivy's paradise. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. Too bad this isn't a DC comic because this would totally be the tie-in to it. So well, this is, <laughs> to speak about, we already talked about the cover last week, but that is what that yeah. book is about. She pretty much took over the world, <sighs> yeah, through plants, plants. So everyone, even Superman, there's uh, two people: well, Batman, Catwoman. God, who was the other person? I think there's one other person that they inoculated. But yeah, pretty much. That's good. Everyone else is... Did you ever read that run of Swamp Thing? I think it was written by Alan Moore, where Swamp Thing turns Gotham basically into, like, his own personal paradise. I didn't read it. That's a very similar concept, but probably one of the best Swamp Thing runs ever done, too. But anyway, so the book is really good. I'm very interested in what happens next, especially with the plant-slash-flower aspect of it. Um, so there you go. That's my review for the week. All righty. Um, that was a terrific review. <laughs> You're such a. <laughs> what? I can't, it can't always be fantastic. I mean, sometimes you just mix two properties together <laughs> and you call them something. Uh, I need to talk about the terrifics. Number one, okay. it's a book. Again, another one of the new age of superheroes from, um, DC when I saw this, I'm like, are they honestly doing this? Is this going to be a joke? Um, because this is the Fantastic Four in more ways than one. Because there are multiple reasons why. Yeah. Um, this written by Jeff Lemire. Um, ton of different uh, artists uh, throughout. You, you sold me on it. Yeah. Well, I, I knew, <laughs> honestly, you should read this because... Going back to last weekend when you asked me about why I love Fantastic Four, I'm looking at this of like, I'm going to kind of like rip this apart because it's trying to be the Fantastic Four. And it is, but it's, it's, it's not. Um, we have, um, Plastic Man who, who was an, an egg. 
up until this point, wasn't he? Yes. Uh, this is also coming out of Dark Knight's Metal, which hasn't wrapped up yet. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that some of these are kind of spoilerish. I hate it when they do that. From that, because I don't necessarily remember him getting shot into the dark multiverse and them talking about how there's no living things there anymore. So obviously whatever concluded in that is the dark multiverse is still a thing, but there's just not anything there. Right. Um, and Plastic Man is a very interesting uh, person because he is... What, what's it the de facto like can do anything type superhero? He can morph into anything, pretty much yeah. his body can uh, stretch he's like, like Mr. Fantastic, yeah. but he's more um, powerful than than Mr. Fantastic yes. because, like I said, what he can he's turned himself into a hot air balloon by sucking in air at one point. Right, he could turn himself into anything and he's always in a state of not ever being like truly hum- like solid right like, he's always like got some stretching where Reed will be he'll do it on stretch purpose. sometimes yeah the, one of the most OP things that I've ever seen uh, Mr. Fantastic do was when he was typing something and he had his his hands stretched into like two other hands that then his fingers were stretched into like other small oh. fingers when they, he was like typing up and doing all that these things terrifying <laughs> terrifying but you know that he was doing it because he was trying to get right so you have plastic man in here who pretty much just kind of came out of the egg and is pretty much being told that he needs to do this this and this from mr uh terrific right who i honestly don't know much about he is he's the third smartest person in the DC universe. I know him from Arrow. Like he's a character in the TV show Arrow. I didn't know much about him prior to that, but he is definitely the third smartest person in the DC universe, which says a lot because you think of there being very smart people in the DC universe. <laughs> until you look up the list of the and you realize, okay, let me stop. <laughs> he's the third smartest person on earth in the DC universe. Which is a caveat, because there are smarter aliens, probably, than yeah. anybody on Earth. Lex Luthor being the most smartest. I'd give him that-ish, human. I guess, for human. Yeah. I would say yeah. that that's his superpower. Right. And then Ray Palmer, after that, the Atom, being the second smartest, which I get. He, I mean, he is a physicist, and he can shrink. He figured out how to shrink himself into... Yeah, and he's also... I love when you get super powerful characters because then you're like, the sky's the limit with with how you write them, and Adam is one of them. To have him be a super genius, too, is kind of like, okay, he's going to really fuck up your world. Yes. But Mr. Terrific, who we already got a... He also takes the... the, All of this is going to be comparisons to Fantastic Four, which obviously we're, we're not having that comic book out for people that can't remember so many years ago when they used to have a Fantastic Four. I mean, Reed Richards was one of the top, you know, ten for sure. Yeah. I say top three as well. Oh, in the Marvel uh, universe? Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, if not, I would think he was the, like, he gets that, like, super genius. Um, so, we have a little bit of him also in Mr. Terrific. Right. Also, Mr. Fantastic, Mr. <laughs> Terrific. Yes. Yeah. Now his his he has these T uh, spheres 
that kind of he can calibrate them. So like when they're in this uh, went in the dark multiverse and how they get there and everything. I don't want to really explain this book so much because people definitely should pick it up. But just the more of the comparisons, he kind of sets them so that he kind of can shield himself with them, kind of giving some gamma yeah. radiation and stuff. That's an old list. I mean, that's a list, though, that I've seen multiple times. But, and yeah. it's also, the the list I'm looking at also says Marvel Men. Oh. So, sexist. <laughs> <laughs> but at first, when they go into the multiverse, they have Plastic Man save them. So he pretty much throws them in his mouth. Yeah. But then he pops up from his tongue because he can do that. Mm-hmm. Because he gets a... They also have uh, Metamorphoso. Who is the thing? Yeah. I mean, the dude can can transmute his body into any sort of, like, metal or rock or mm-hmm. also a character that I don't know much about. However, I, I know enough to, to be able to compare him to the thing. And he was kind of getting experimented on... Um, at the beginning of the book and so him being in this world it's he was able to calibrate because mr terrific goes oh if you make your body composition this this and this you'll be able to withstand the dark multiverse which i was like that was a little like pulling it out of the ass there but (laughs) all right so now we have him shielded plastic man who within dark knight's metal is a key piece to the puzzle and everything already is able to take the radiation so you have these three they're exploring, and they come across this girl. There should be no uh, humans here. And there's these creatures that are kind of coming out of nowhere that they have to then kind of fight. And this girl kind of has them phase right through her, as if, like, she's intangible. Like, as if she's invisible. Ah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, um... Yeah. Well, and her they call her Phantom Girl. I mean, you know. L- yeah, it's Linnea Wazoo oh. from can't, her planet is BG like ZT something like it's you can't pronounce it. Yeah. But I was like, okay, so we have our Sue Storm slash Invisible Girl. It's no lie that they are pretty much. Right. In so much, and I do need to show you so show you this one panel because right away I'm like, this is a giant space god in this multiverse. Yeah. Who, that, yeah. Who, who does it look like? It looks like Galactus. Yes. Yeah. Haven't they said that he exists in both universes though, DC and Galactus? Yeah. Marvel. Well, they've they've said um Within the multiversity, there is a universe that is Marvel to them. Right. They kind of briefly explained, and the pictures were kind of similar to Marvel right. Universe. And Marvel Universe has a designated DC Universe. I mean, multiverse. So that, that goes on within that realm. Right. We've seen it within when they had the Amalgam comics and yes. then the DC versus Marvel, which... Well, I'll just talk about it now. Now that Bendis is over at DC, he wants to seriously see another crossover. 
And this may be the closest we can get to it because of the weight that he still has. Right. And Mar- I mean, you heard that he got a movie deal now to work on an X-Men movie with Marvel. Yes. He got that after leaving already. Right. So he's still able to work for both companies. If anyone could make this happen, which I would love to see it happen, they still have the shared uh, character access that had the whole jumping across right. the different room- realms. And not only that, there have been a lot of in-jokes lately in both the comic yeah, book series. Yeah, we talked about one last week. Yeah, with the yeah. whole Jarvis thing. Yeah. Oh, and the the Marvel, Captain Marvel. Oh, no, okay, yeah. so they did yeah. talk about the Jarvis. So yeah. in Green Lantern, uh, I forget, I just saw the panel of it. I didn't read the book, but they were talking about how he called someone that was a r- robot... Uh, Something he goes well. At least they didn't call you Jar- or Jar or something like that. Which going back to not the Butler Jarvis, but going back to the movie version of Jarvis. Yes, and and like that was blatant there, and yeah. and many people have been speculating with so many things that have been kind of being talked about within either they're kind of making up now. Or something might happen. Right. Someone's trying to be like, hey guys, let's not always fight. There's no reason to. I mean, no, well, there is reason to keep them separate all right. the time. But you don't need to, yeah, fight someone. Let them fight at the box office. We already know who won. But right. Here. <laughs> but like I said, the whole Galactus uh, body yeah. that this definitely was. It totally, yeah. Was, sure. was definitely, uh, yeah, some more. It ends kind of, you know, cliffhanger of, you know, mm-hmm. what the fuck's going on. I'm definitely reading it for not just because Fantastic Four analog, but also it was, it was an interesting enough book. Right. I, I would say if even if there wasn't a Fantastic Four book that this is blatantly copying, <laughs> I, I would still say... I mean, think of it, too. They go to another multi-universe, right. so which Fantastic the, Four does. The main argument against this that I have read... Is that, yes, it is a Fantastic Four ripoff, but Jack Kirby wrote Challengers of the Unknown before Fantastic Four even existed, which is the same exact sort of team as the Fantastic Four. So one could say that Marvel took from DC, and then DC is now taking back what Marvel took from them. And I will say, okay, um, I'll pretend like I didn't know that. But I, but I'll say is, I would still read this book. It was yeah. very well written. Um, surely, like I said, people are going to be picking it up for one particular reason. But just pick it up, even if you're interested. I have tried to start researching more of Plastic Man and how, like I said, powerful he is. He's in a lot of the big crossovers mm-hmm. and everything. Now I need to do my research on Mr. Terrific a little bit more because uh, I want to know these characters right. enough of why I'm reading about them. And I'm just waiting for their Doctor Doom. Yeah. <laughs> like, Lex shows up. Yeah. <laughs> Scarred my face. <laughs> need this power armor now. <clears throat> I learned magic, too. <laughs> I like Plastic Man. I don't know a ton about him. I think he's funny. Like... When I first read, I think it was in 52 when I first was introduced to Plastic Man, even though he's been around for a while. And I was like, why do they need him as a character? Because they have the elongated man already. They already have a stretchy character. (laughs) Why do they need another one? But he is completely different than the elongated man. 
for the exact reasons that you said. But he's also goofy as fuck. Yeah. Which I enjoy. Just the things that he says. Mm -hmm. Like I said, some of the dialogue with Mr. Terrific telling him to do these things and stuff. And because he's physically the only one that could do some certain things. Like, why do I need to do everything? Like, just kind of complaining like a little baby. But, like, said it in such a way that was, like, sarcastic. Like... Very yeah. good dialogue that he can have with characters. Sure. And his costume is hilarious. Like, <laughs> I just, his costume makes me laugh. I don't know why. It's so different to me than every other costume. Well, so I love, well, I do need to, and I did mean to research it before talking about this book of why he was stuck in an egg. I briefly heard a reason, but I guess he's been missing from the pages for a while and he's just been cocooned in this egg, which looked like a body of yeah. him, which was just like so <laughs> dumb but funny. And I do know that he got in one of the uh, medals. Mm-hmm. He's getting shot out of a cannon for reasons. I forget that's supposed to jumpstart the dark universe. Come in, and so that's kind of part of his key part. But mm-hmm. yeah, interesting. <laughs> interesting. Um. Yeah. So that's uh, that's all the books I got to review. All right. And we're <laughs> farther farther away down. <laughs> in the, making another two-hour episode. Uh. Nah, I don't know about that. We'll quick run through some yes. news, though. My first thing, we didn't discuss it, but I have to I have to get it off my chest because I almost had to call into work on Monday morning because my boy, Kevin Smith, suffered a massive heart attack this week and almost died. My life, would, we would have be having a completely different podcast this week if that <laughs> would have happened. I don't know that I would be able to carry on. So he made it, and I'm very excited. But good on him. He... Survived the Widowmaker, which is called the Widowmaker because most people die from it. But oh, I'm glad he's getting better. <laughs> I am glad he's getting better too. It his picture that he posted though, I, like <laughs> I'm just like that's not the face of normally someone that just had a heart attack. Like, I know. He looks kind of happy and I know, I know. He posted one a uh, picture on Instagram a couple days after getting out of the, or the day after getting out of the hospital, and he was like. Yeah, there must have been something wrong with me because I feel way better now because he's getting more blood to his heart. (laughs) He's like, I feel really alert, which says a lot because he was also probably very high. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So kind of big news because it doesn't happen this late in the game, but Infinity War has moved up its date. I mean, you hear... You know, sometimes the slate for next year is going to change a bit, mm-hmm. or even six months out. But not only like, what was I can do the math? March, April, two months out. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that they decided now they're going to move it up a week from May fourth now to April twenty seventh. Um, what's the reasoning behind this? Is because <laughs> they're afraid of spoilers. Mm. And I think mm. when they say spoilers, it's because there is some big heavy stuff that's going to happen that most people haven't even guessed yet. Marvel has done so well with hiding from even trailers certain shit. So much so that, you know the scene where it seems like Wakanda's being defended? Right. What if that's one of the red herrings that they're doing? Granted, I do think that Wakanda's really going to get invaded because they just revealed themselves, but... And they have all that. And they have Bucky there too, but they could be setting up all those scenes to then totally take us in a different direction 
who knows? I can guarantee you almost one of the scenes from these that we keep seeing mm-hmm. will be different, and it'll have people like, wait, what? You know, just like how um, the tie, uh, uh, Darth Vader's Tie Fighter was, was shown in Rogue One, mm. kind of, but that was just shot to misdirect of right. when he was showing up in the movie. Right. Love it. Love it. But with spoilers, uh, around the world was gonna release May Fourth. Or April twenty seventh, right. and then America was going to get me for fucking bullshit. Yeah, why are we? We used to get the premieres. <laughs> I know. Now why? Else and is it's an American. I mean, we it's it's being made by an American studio, so usually the country of origin of the movie gets the release first. Yeah. But so why that is, don't know. But they are afraid of you know all that stuff leaking. Yeah, as they should be. And yeah, and I'm kind of I'm kind of glad to see it a, a weekend earlier. Right. Well, I'm glad to see it without fucking spoilers. <laughs> because people can promise all they want not to put that shit on the internet, but you know the minute it hits internationally, it's going to be fucking everywhere. Now, how they announced this, though, was so... I want... Not low-tech, but low-marketing. It was a conversation that Robert Downey Jr. was having um, while uh, on Twitter. And they just Like start, on actual Twitter? Yes. Like he's tweeting... With uh, with with Kevin Feige uh, and mm. and pretty much what happened is you know yeah so uh, you know we're gonna we're moving the date to the fourth okay cool like wow that was isn't that funny though that's literally all they had to do and now everybody knows it like they didn't have to spend any money on that at all zero dollars on that announcement and it just whoosh, worldwide <laughs> yep super smart. So I, I thought that that was uh, genius. Well, as are most decisions made by the Marvel movie makers. Yeah. Except for this newest one that you are in disagreement with, uh, with James Gunn. Who... Well, wait, wait, wait. Well, we can go into that. I yeah. Was, I was going to talk about some other spoilers about. Let's video. do this one oh, first. Okay. Because it, well, why? It's wrong. We don't even need to mention it. <laughs> well. James Gunn has said that it's right, and he made the movie, so... That doesn't mean he made the fucking character <laughs> so, in the history of the character. So James Gunn has come out and said that Baby Groot, who is now preteen Groot, is not Groot, but Groot's son. So he's not a direct replacement. He's not Groot re-sprouted. He's replacement But Groot. he grew from a sprout. Right. So... He is free sprouted. But he so he would be a direct genetic relation to the original Groot, but not Groot himself, right? But he would be he was a part of him right. that splintered off. Yeah. So, so if if all of a sudden let's look at Ash and Evil Dead, his hand then right. grew another him. Yeah. That's not his child, that's his clone. Right. His evil clone. But you could say that maybe Baby Groot came from a seed. But he did. All of they us didn't... came from seeds. <laughs> Rocket, though, didn't pick up a seed, though. He, he picked, picked up, up a, a splinter. Yeah. Which could have had a seed in it. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of seed? You should see the look Tony just gave me. <laughs> I'm just saying. In the comics, that's not how it always was. Right. And ever since introducing this Baby Groot concept... Um, no, it's... Yeah. 
This is the story James Gunn is going with. We which is, group knew who all the characters were. Did he? Yeah. How, he did, like, we saw him sprout, and then we saw him later, so. We saw him dancing, so yeah. Yeah. We could have, could have learned that. Maybe James Gunn could have learned how <laughs> Groot regenerates. That. I just think it's really funny how this whole thing came about with him. Because he, he's actually going into it with people on Twitter now, explaining why he's the son and not, like, a, a direct, like, why he's not Groot. Why he's the son of Groot. But it came about because of this whole Porg versus Baby Groot thing that's going on online, which I think is ridiculous. Because nerds have nothing hmm. better to do. But it's literally, if you had to choose between killing a Porg and killing Baby Groot, which one would you choose? And a lot of people are saying Porgs because Groot can regenerate. And when you kill a Porg, it's dead. I disagree because Porgs look like they're just the fucking pigeons of Star Wars. They just happen to be cuter. I would personally want one. They're cute. They're, they're cuter, but they're like, they're not... A person. I mean, I guess though, I'd, yeah, I would want a, a Groot more than a... Yeah. I would not kill a Groot because a Groot is a thing that has, you know... Maybe the wildest Groot origin. <laughs> oh. He was the one other one, yeah. tree character that we didn't talk about then. So, anyway, I thought that was kind of funny. but And Tony disagrees highly, and I like getting him agitated with stuff like yes. that. Um, So, going back to Avengers stuff, there's some... Um, Promo art. Now, granted, it's art, though. Yes. And so, it's promo art, so who the fuck knows what their plan with this is. But it's these gems. I mean, multifaceted gems. And it says space, soul, power, time, reality, mind. And within the, the gems, you see the pictures of the people that kind of have had these gems. Right. It's the, it's the character where the gem originated. Yes. So the movie, the characters, so like the time gem is the eye of Agamotto. So that's got Dr. Strange. Mm -hmm. And like the, the, the reality gem is the ether and that's Thor. So you go through all, and you know, all of them, and we know all, all where all the gems have come from, except for the soul stone. We don't know where the... Who has it, where it came from, and how it originated. Right. If you use this art... You see Iron Man in there. Right. Which seems ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know where it's been hiding. I don't know if if it even matters. It may not even matter. They could just be throwing Iron Man in there because they needed to put somebody in that fucking (laughs) stone. And very well, yeah, because if they show who should be there, T'Challa, then we would know exactly... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> where it's at. But, I mean, one could argue that it has something to do with the arc reactor, which would be stupid. But it would be hilarious if that's what it was, because then it's been under our noses this whole time, and nobody thought of it. Or it could explain Tony, once it gets taken, he becomes asshole Tony, yeah. because he has no soul now. Right, right. So, who knows? I think it would have been better if they would have just kept it blank. Since we don't know where it came from, but I guess visually speaking, it, it's just one of those things. It could be something, or it could be nothing. And Marvel has gotten very good at dick teasing us with stuff and being misdirecting yeah. with their shit. So it's probably nothing. It probably has nothing to do with Iron Man at all. 
Because I'm trying to think of what movie it, it would have originated in, and yeah, it just doesn't. Did he get it when he went into outer space to fight those Shatari aliens and it somehow fused with his body and he didn't know it? <laughs> that sounds unreasonable. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, another another poster that's come out is mm. is having the Black Order. Yes. First kind of depiction of them. And, you know, we have Proxima Midnight, um, Corvus Glaive, the Ebony Maw, Call Obsidian, um, along with Thanos there. It, they they look well. I mean, because it's kind of a uh, not a real poster. It's a uh, artist's rendering yeah. poster. But what they're depicted here is a bit different than what you would have seen them in the pages of Marvel. Mm-hmm. But they look damn close to who yeah who they are. Now, some of the things that uh, people have been talking about is Lego spoiling a lot of stuff. For these movies, Lego. Yeah, well, like uh, by releasing like Lego sets. Yes, because okay. then you, when you see the Lego sets, you're like, this character is fighting this character. Is that how it's going to show up in the? Because you always have like a villain within the sets, right? With the heroes, yeah. So is this person then going to be fighting this person in the movie? I'm not going to spoil who what the sets are and everything. You can look them up online, but. It tends to favor that way. Yeah. I mean, and plus there's... It goes to my thought of they're going to be broken up. They're going to be fighting different characters, and I think it's because they're going to be going towards the different ones that have the stones. Right. Which would make perfect sense how it all goes about. Yeah. It's so... I keep forgetting that this is going to be a two-part movie because in my head I'm like, there's no way they're going to reconcile this shit in two hours. But, but I mean, look at this mini gauntlet. Oh my god, that's adorable! Like, I I want that, and it looks like it has little little gems gems that you yeah. can put in it. Aw, I did actually buy this uh, little mini one that's coming in the mail. I want to get the Legends one that they announced the other yeah. week. It's fucking sold out. Mm-hmm. You can only get it for like twice as much now. Yeah. Places pisses me off. Nerds are insane. Very much so. <laughs> I hate us. I hate I us as a species. I know. <laughs> Fucking driving up the cost of everything with our need for things. <laughs> uh, did you? Are you still watching Walking Dead? I am like episodes behind. Coral. I know. Coral. Coral he, is not around anymore. He spoilers. It's part of the big coral yeah. reef. Yeah. He actually did die. I know. Yeah. And I it, at this point. I am totally I flabbergasted with the show. As we've said before, even some of the other seasons, you know, how Andrea sucked in the mm-hmm. show, but amazing in the comic yeah, books. Yeah, she was badass in the comic books. And I can see artistic directions, different takes. Not everything needs to be the same. Right. This is one of those, though. How do you have Rick right. go on? Well, and The Walking Dead is a story about Rick and Carl. I don't... And it, now it, you just don't have half of the story. I mean, I have friends that, that have not read the books, but they, on our email chats that we have, bitching about it. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, that just doesn't make sense anymore. Now we're going to get Rick being all moody again, like always. <laughs> That's my least favorite version of Rick. At least in the comic books, that only happened like one book, and then the rest of the times he's either just like 
stone-faced. Right. That you're like, you don't know what he's going to fucking do. I mean, even recently, uh, him crying, keep going and crying on Andrew's grave. Those are cool, keep moments. But the rest of the time, he's stoic and right. I got to be brave for everyone else. He just sounds like a whiny bitch. He is. And he, this is this is my problem with the Walking Dead show over the comic book. Every time I watch the show, I find myself thinking, if we were watching this from the other side's point of view, like if the we zombies were zombies' point of view, from from like Negan's, okay, like if this was a show about Negan's crew, Rick would look just as shitty. In the show, as Negan does to us now, because he's such a fucking fuck up all the time in this show, and mm-hmm. he's fucking a dickhead, and he's moody as shit, and he's caused so many of the problems that they have. Yep, <laughs> he's never the solution. He's always the problem. If they killed him, the world would be a better place. <laughs> yes, and my friends were going on about how this show is so dumb and stupid. And they're like, "Where's it going to go from here?" And they go. Guarantee some fucking thing's gonna happen where Rick's gonna become Negan's best friend or something. And I just replied, "Don't read the comics, then." <laughs> yeah, don't read them at all. It doesn't matter. Well, anymore, they should because anyway. it's way better, yeah. but also better payoff when you find out they become right good friends, right, or at least not enemies. Yeah. So there are uh, talks of many more Walking Dead spinoffs yeah. in the works. I don't. I did not like we need- the Fear of the Walking Dead or Fear of the Walking Dead. I watched two episodes of that and was like, "Fuck this shit." I like what I liked most about the Walking Dead is it picked up. Kind of, it's already started. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome, because I have not normally seen that in many of uh, the genre. Right. Fear the Walking Dead. There is. A time and place where you get, but then it gets kind of old quickly, right? And especially when you have this whole other show. If they're not ever going to explain how the virus happened, don't need to see a slow drama of it. No, I want to get to the good stuff, yeah. which is I the can't Walking say, Dead. Well, I guess it's not the good stuff. So it is the first, the first couple seasons yeah. of The Walking Dead. <laughs> so why they would need to have more? Like they did uh, that crossover of the Alien. Uh, last two years ago, oh God, who the fuck uh, did it? Are you talking about the Noah Wiley? Is it Noah Wiley that was in that? No, 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 no. It was a comic book. Oh, where um, it's called the Alien. It was Rick's cousin was in. Oh God, I read. Was it, it the one that took place in like France? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And in how it was showing kind of the outbreak happening over there, and it was like a one shot. Right. And it was interesting to then see another whole part of the world like that. I can see some of that happening, and I would still love to see a medieval town defending right. with, you know, castles and walls, but it's going to be the same thing. Oh, I'm it's not going to... written by Brian K. Vaughn. That's what, okay, yeah. yeah. No wonder it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know it was a famous writer, but yeah. I can't remember who. It was Brian K. Vaughn who wrote that. In, and it took place in Spain. Yeah. Oh, so we were way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, Europe. Yeah. <laughs> and and if they're going to do spinoffs that focus on different parts of the world with this happening in, then I guess maybe it might be a little bit different. But I don't just, I just don't fucking care. No, I just think the TV writers are just shit yeah. in the bed. Like, 
there are certain writers that can create universes, mm-hmm. and they can have spinoff books, four even, right. and it's just fucking perfect. Neil Gaiman is coming back with the Sandman universe, <laughs> and I cannot be... I know, you were very sad when it ended. Well, okay, so, well, Overture, no, Lucifer, I was sad when that ended. Yeah. Uh, Sandman Overture, which came out, fuck, it was, I think 2013 when they announced it, but it was delayed like two years, so maybe it was two years ago that it yeah. finally finished up, was a prequel to the Sandman series, which Sandman is now 30 years old, came out in like 88, mm-hmm. in so much so that it, it shaped a bit of my love for comic books in the world building. Yeah. And Neil Gaiman is one of the best. I remember also finding out that the library, because when I started reading them, they were towards the end of the series, which I think was like 96 when uh, Endless Nights happened. But I was able to find the graphic novels Mm. at the library, so I was able to start reading these books. Right. Pretty much for free, yeah. and it, I was like, "This is so sweet! This is so I can't wait to go get another one." And I'm like, "No, my branch doesn't have it. I got to put it on hold, so I have to wait another week." <laughs> but I'm telling Those anyone poor out there, kids in the '90s who had to actually go physically find physical copies yeah. of things. <laughs> it's such a good series, and from there came my love for Lucifer, which then they just ended this past year. It it was rushed wrap up. I. And I'm almost wondering now, though, because this has to have been in the works for a couple months, if they knew this was happening, but they could have wrapped up in a different way. Yeah. But Gaiman has has said how, even from the last iteration of Lucifer, because there's going to be four different titles within this universe. None of them written by Neil Gaiman. No, he's going to be the architect, though. Yes. So he's kind of plotting out things, which... Totally fine having other writers. Oh, yeah. As long as... I mean, we've also had within Dark Knight's Metal, mm-hmm. we've seen Daniel, yep. the new dream, which also has given hope of, is is he coming back? I'm not sure, but I hope to God he is. The four books uh, that are going to be coming out from this... Well, I know mm-hmm. Lucifer is one of them. Right. The House of Whispers yep. is one. Sandman Universe, I the, think. Well, that's oh, going to start it off. Book of Magic? Book of Magic. Which, that was one of them that when I found out he wrote, I kept going to the library. They never had it. Mm. So I didn't get to read it. But it was a spinoff of Sandman in those worlds. But it was a whole different kind of universe um, where Sandman was kind of in the DC proper, but kind of in the more of a its own thing. Mm-hmm. So like I said, uh, Books of Magic, House of Whispers, and then The Dreaming, which that will be my favorite. Because that's yeah. going to be following Lucian and, and how... The books that he he writes of dreams, which makes anything possible, which is why Dream is so powerful. Right. It's very. Oh, it's uh Well, and this so this is gonna be written by Simon Spurrier, who I guess goes by Cy now. He must have made it big and decided to change his name. And he's written a ton of shit that is always very fantastical. So. If he's on that, then I can guarantee you that it's probably going to be very interesting. Yes. Um, I can't wait till this uh, kicks off. I believe it's August that I heard. It needs to be sooner. (laughs) 
Um, Don't rush it because then it'll sh- be shit, and then you'll be disappointed. Sure, but look at—I mean, look at this artwork on some of these covers of shit. Like, oh yeah. Besides the 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 Norse Viking Lucifer, which I don't know how that fits in and what how that's going to be. Maybe they're replacing it, Lucifer, with a different Lucifer. They replaced. Well, they they replaced yeah, yeah before, but then he wouldn't be Lucifer, and he wouldn't have the same kind of dynamics that made Lucifer Lucifer. I mean, he could be a new devil of hell, and maybe we're following a different person because as we learned from Gaiman that it's going to be a different type of hell. Right. So maybe it's, yeah, just a new person in charge could there. Could be. Or he's just grown a lot of hair. And just dyed it red. It could be lighting. Oh, that's true. It could be lighting. Sometimes, hell, hell lighting. Sometimes blonde hair looks red in the right lighting, right? Okay. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm pumped for this. I, I could not talk about other stupid shit for the rest of the week. Yeah. But I am going to say why they're rebooting The Crow is stupid shit. And we've talked about it before. Yeah. But it's coming out in 2019. It is. Jason Momoa just feels like he's too big to be the lanky crow type character. Like a, yeah. Now that I think of it more... The suit that the laughing, the the bat who laughs, kind of reminds me of like a crowish type. Like he's kind of scrawnier right. than Jokerish type. That the crow is just that that movie was was perfect. You don't need to, yeah. Don't need to remake no. some things. Um, just should be left alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dark City being one of them. That was its twentieth anniversary this year. Yeah, the other week. Such a good movie. People need to go watch that. It should does not to be need to be remade. Right. Because who made that movie? Was it was that Jaws Whedon who made that movie? No, I don't believe so. For for Dark City, that seems like a little bit more off his radar. Maybe not. No, the guy who made The Evil Dead. Oh, Sam Raimi? Yeah. Is that a Sam Raimi movie? I don't believe so. What am I thinking of? Evil Dead? No, he did a movie after... Anyway, doesn't matter. I'm fucking wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you are way wrong. Alex Proyas? Yeah, yeah. Now I'm just trying to figure out what the fuck I was thinking of. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, yeah. So 2019 will be the day or the year of... I know who will be more upset than I will. Derek will be super upset. Yeah, he does like the crow. A lot. A lot. Oh, well. I like looking at Jason Momoa, so I'll give it a chance. There can be only one, though. (laughs) There can be only one. Well, And this is the opposite example of how, yes, you can totally do... Well, I, I wish they would stop calling these things fucking reboots. Mm-hmm. I mean, Highlander could take a whole nother uh, McCloud. There, yeah. there were different iterations from the show to well, in yeah. the movies. There was two or three there's different. There's Duncan, there's yeah. Connor. Yep. Um, those are the two that I can mainly think of. Yes. They've done we a need, bunch we of need to have more Highlander. Highlander, amazing. We can skip the stupidness of number two. <laughs> no, wait. <laughs> Yes, number two, because number three then was, yeah, the, 
I can't even remember now because there's like four movies. There's a TV show, the yep. TV show and made there was four a, movies. Yeah, there was a But the one with the, the aliens and everything, I think that was two. I think um, so too. That was really stupid. Would love to see Sean Connery reprise. Plunder. He's retired, so I don't know if you'll get him back in it. But I agree that this is good. My son is named after Connor McLeod from the Clan McLeod. So I'm all for more Highlander stuff. That's kind of awesome. <laughs> Your kid just uh, went up a couple notches in my eye. Has nothing to do with him. <laughs> no, just, he just happened to be name. given that name when he was born. <laughs> oh, well, what's in a name? Uh, everything. Uh, last thing. Ter- was... Terry Pratchett's Discworld is going to be made into a TV series, which okay, I am okay with. I think so. I think now is a good time to pull something like that off. Because of how outlandish it is, mm-hmm. though. I'm hoping that they're going to get people to watch this. Um, Amazon is is in production of uh, adapting the Good Omens right now, so that's a a good place for at least that. Where this will land, um, anyone's guess, but at least they're trying to make a a pilot. Um, I think they can do it. So I've watched um, Electric Dreams on Amazon which is a show that kind of is Black Mirror-esque, but it's um, ba- they're all based on short stories by um, Philip K. Dick, the okay. guy who oh, wrote yeah. uh, what became Blade Runner. And they're way the fuck out there stories. Like, just Philip K. Dick did not fuck around when he wrote sci-fi. So, <laughs> you know, if anybody could do it, I mean, now's the time. Well, it not could only be on is it Hulu, the time, it could be on Netflix. Anyone can do it now. We already have some perfect locations to film Discworld on our own flat earth here. <laughs> I don't even do you know to, how many people I don't even are going to, to about the opening sequence of this if they show the flat how earth. It typically is on the back of the, the oh. giant elephants on the floating turtle through space. They'll just wash it's, that part out and they're just going to be like, look, it's. Pictures of a real oh my God. I can't even with those people. I can't even. I just don't. I can't. I can't even talk about it. It irritates me to no end. <laughs> last thing, I just want to quick mention. Second season of The Tick came out last week. Oh, yeah. I watched it. Yeah. It was good. So good. Super good. <laughs> it is so fucking funny. Yeah. I was pissed. A couple of my friends I was talking to the other day said, I never really liked the cartoon and... And I didn't like the the series. I watched an episode of the first other series. I go, oh, man, you guys just don't get the jokes. And I'm realizing though, all the jokes are so yeah. dumb, but well written. They are. When when Tick is talking about the over thought of the episode and goes into these dumb tangents that make sense. Yes. But they're so fucking stupid. There's such stream of consciousness things going on in such a beautiful way. And even if you don't like the original Tick, this show is close enough to it where you're not pissed off at it. But it's enough different where, like, new people who didn't like the original one could totally yeah, get totally down with this. totally new characters. The fucking terror. Oh, my God. The escape pod. <laughs> From the, the little T. The little T. I was expecting just, it, but it was just so good to see. Yeah, yeah. There's just so many good things about this show. And it's and it's and it 
pulls back on the cheese that was the first Tick show because all the little side heroes that were in that show, Lady Liberty or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. her name was, and the Batman Well. Batman Well, yes. <laughs> That's who I want I, to see. I do still. kind of want to see Batman Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Fucking good. If you don't have Amazon Prime, get it for I I don't know, do they do free trials? I think they still do. Yeah. If not though, sign up for your membership. Yeah, it's cheap. Yes. Amazon Prime, our sponsor. <laughs> Oh, we wish. Uh, <laughs> that Bezos money coming on in. <laughs> right? What do you have for booze in the book? Okay, so I read Calyxit number two this week, also from Black Mask Studio. It's Black Masks week for Lindsay here. Um, I'm not going to review it. I'm going to say if you are of conservative political beliefs, you may not like this book because this is definitely liberal leaning in its message. And it's 100% about California, the most liberal state in the United States of America, trying to leave the United States of America. This doesn't seem like it'd make a good book regardless of what state. It doesn't sound like it would or what? It doesn't, just because it it seems like, I just don't understand how that would be written well. Like, is it a lot of politicking in it? It's, well, they're kind of in like the Civil War phase of it at this point in time. So they've already left the union, basically. Gotcha, okay. And it's the rest of the country and the head of the country trying to, like, pull them back in. And there's also civil war within California because there are parts of California that aren't Hollywood that are very conservative. I thought it was all Hollywood. <laughs> most, most people in other parts <laughs> of the country do. But there's lots of rural areas in California, so you have the people there who don't agree with what's going on. Anyway, it's it's very much a rebellion story taking place in California. Um, every time, I know in, with the last election, a lot of people in California were talking about seceding from the nation. So it is a very real idea that some people want to happen. It will never happen in our lifetime. But it is an idea out there. Anyway, it's a good book. <laughs> and I am pairing that this week with Rebel IPA from Sam Adams. The connection is obvious. I'm not really going <laughs> to explain it. If you can't figure out what the connection between a movie about seceding from the United States and a beer called Rebel IPA, then you're our core audience. <laughs> All right. Um, oh. Best on tap. Yep. So, I did remember all of a sudden. Best on tap this week is The Spectacular Spider-Man number 300, which I have not been reading, but I saw this cover at the comic book store and I was like, I really like that. And it is Peter, you know, ripping his clothes off to get into the Spidey suit, which I just, the idea of him wearing it all the time always tickles me. Like, <laughs> it's, you know it's like Russ, so he's fucking sweating his balls off all the Probably time. Probably got a cooling system in it. <laughs> Maybe. Under Armour, it's breathable. <laughs> so he's hanging on what would be like an illuminated sign, and it's the number 300. And when you look at the cityscape, all of the letters in the title, including the actual title and the author's last name and the artist's last name, are all building tops. So they've built the names into the city, which I just thought was a really cool effect. For a number 300. So, that's best on tap this week. All right. Um, quote this week. It's 
pretty simple. Um, it is I am Groot, which stands for I am Groot. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, James Gunn. It's hard to argue against. <laughs> Stay thirsty for us next week. We'll be here. 